Hello, welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. Week 18, it's done. Regular season, finished. Off to the playoffs. But before we get there, we're here to talk about the season, I guess. Let's talk about as a, as a whole and all the stuff that's going to be happening in the off-season. Anything that we're excited for coming up? Anything like that? Who knows? But boys, Shamil, Shan, how was your last week of regular season action? Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. Chags are playing the uh, Chargers. That's all I'm thinking about. Get him in the bin. Put him in the bin. Where are your teams? Where are your teams? Looking for new head coaches? <laughs> no, we'll probably keep Dennis Allen. <laughs> looking at the looking at the draft. Doesn't matter about the head coach. Oh, oh you, you need think... a GM first to make the draft pick. Well, I, I'm not about How are you feeling? Let, let's just check in with you. Obviously, we've just had breaking news, like literally half an hour ago. Both Cliff Kingsbury has been fired Cliff by the Arizona Cardinals. He, he's and been dirty. He's been, he's been a scapegoat uh, through, for a dysfunctional organisation that didn't know what it wanted. Uh, Kaim and Cliff both signed extensions last offseason. Um, so it's clear that Arizona are just doing things uh, a year, which, uh, I mean, the only other team doing that is Houston. And, and we all know how we feel about them. But this is weird to me because, like you said, it, it's only been since last year that they they got these extensions and and um I mean it hasn't been a great season for you guys. It, it's all gone pretty downhill. There's been a lot of issues and stuff. But what did you do? Oh, do you want forward? to talk about running their running back coach got suspended? Was it the O line coach or was this <laughs> well, the and, and they cut yeah, DeAndre know, Hopkins was suspended for six back. games. They cut their best running back in halfway through the season. Like yeah, Chase Edmonds. It's it, you know Benjamin, and I don't know what season oh, you're watching. Chase Edmonds is out the door. Yeah, I was sorry, I was out there a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? A couple of years. He, was, he, was, he left last year. Sham, I know, I know you've been a busy day. I know you're trying to record this in a hotel. You know you're relaxing and stuff, but come on, get with the program, please. Come on, I come on he, now. I think his monitors are all on Jacksonville focused. You know, <laughs> recap. But now, why wouldn't they be what? the most relevant team here? What what do you reckon they're going to do in the off season, Sean? What do, what do you, what do you hope, Sean? I, I, lo- I like the idea of Sean Payton. Um, mm-hmm. He's talking to Denver Broncos, which it seems like a great fit for him because Russell Wilson, since Hackett was fired, has actually looked good. They've got a really good situation in free agency. They don't have that many key pieces leaving. Uh, they've got ready-made defense and offense, arguably. Um, and I think, other than the Broncos, I think the Cardinals and the Chargers make the most sense. We don't know if the Chargers will move on from they Staley. Should. We can bring, come on to that in a bit, but they should. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said that since week one, since he, he got there. That was a wrong move. Um, but I think Arizona with Kyler Murray there, I'm not the biggest Kyler fan now, but I think Sean Payton demands a level of respect uh, wherever he goes. And I, I think Arizona would be a good fit. Well, I think having Kyler in a Sean Payton system might be, he might work it around him. Obviously, he Sean Payton was very much the Taysom Hill guy, and the reason he liked Taysom Hill was he's he was able to move with the ball, like he was able to move in the pocket. He wasn't just a guy that was stationary, like he could move him around. Kyler has that ability, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's really used it enough. Um, they've not really let him move, like move and make those throws on the run and stuff, which is what Sean Payton would probably look to do with him. And I, I think it would be a nice fit. And I think not only that, there are some pieces there. DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver one. That's that's lovely. That's that's all you need. Like as long as they don't let him walk out the door, they've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins there. Outside of him, though, there are question marks. They have Rondell Moore. He doesn't fit a particular mold. Um, Deutsch looks alright, but again, not really got a mold. He's looked good in spurts. 
Dorch has, has shown I mean, flashes. I mean, they're a team that have had a lot of undersized receivers before. You look at Andy Isabella, um, but Sean Payton has also worked with undersized quarterback before and Drew Brees. So working with a Kyler Murray, who's got more mobility, it with, just seems like a good fit. Yeah, and he's worked with different styles of quarterbacks and all of them have looked successful under him. With Sean Payton, it is more or less about the compensation. And yeah. are, are teams willing and able to pay what the Saints will be wanting? Well, I, but it's I, also I, how much power will he have? Because Kime is obviously looking like if he's stepping down as a GM with health reasons. Well, it, no, he's not um, looking. He has stepped down. He's no, moved okay. down. Charlotte, where are you today? We've already said this. Oh, no, on, I, didn't get, I didn't see the official Arizona statement. So It's not the same statement as getting rid of Cliff Finsbury. Well, there we go then. I'm the looking at my Twitter man. and Arizona hasn't showed up. I'm, uh, but either way, like you'd imagine he'd want to bring in someone like a Jeff Island with him from New Orleans to I, Arizona. I don't as, think so. Uh, his I, GM. I, I don't. I don't agree with that because I think Adrian Wilson has a lot of respect in the building. I think Sean Payton uh, commands respect wherever he goes, and I think that will be. I think he'll be able to negotiate a level of power wherever he goes. I don't think that will be an issue. Yeah, that's but what I'm, I'm saying though. Sean Payton wants power, meaning his GM. He doesn't yeah, want someone else's GM. Fire. And like, okay, I agree. Michael Bidwell's past is elevate someone within. He's never really done um, since he's become owner. He's never done a clean break. He's always had the same GM and a new coach or a new coach and a different GM. So he likes continuity. But if he wants Sean Payton, he's going to probably have to get in, uh, give Sean Payton his own GM as well. Yeah, but I, I think that's fair enough. I feel like Sean Payton's a guy who's who's proven in the NFL how good he is at, you know, creating offenses. Even times when, you know, you could say a lot of the success has been with Drew Brees, but even time when Drew Brees was injured and not in the not in the lineup and stuff, he still had success in the system with other quarterbacks. So, you know, it, he's a guy that I feel is being able to be given that level of respect and given that opportunity because he's proved that he deserves it in a lot of ways. Yeah, and Jeff Island has been a GM before, and it didn't go very well at all um, with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, had... after his Miami sin, I want no part of that. I say promote uh, Adrian Wilson. If you can't get Sean Payton, then get someone like Frank Reichen. Yeah, who, for sure. Who, who, who you'd expect uh, to have a Doug Peterson like effect. But let, 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 yeah. let's talk. Let's talk about Staley though, because obviously you, you spoke about him, and that could be an option going forward, maybe for Sean Payton, pretending. What happens in the playoffs? What, what happens? Why we've got an issue with him? And I feel like we both do right now. And what's really exemplified for me is what happened in the game against uh, Denver, playing for nothing. Right? They they couldn't move up. They couldn't move yeah, down. Right. They, they were they were stuck in the fifth seed. And he decided to play his starters pretty much the whole match. And two of his key starters are injured. And I just think that's stupid. When you look at other teams like New York played none of their starters and still had a competitive game and stuff, that's how you do it because they had nothing to play for. Tampa Bay played their starters. <laughs> yeah, but Tom Brady's allowed to do Tom Brady things. You yeah, know? I, I agree. Um, especially <laughs> especially a team that who has had injury issues almost every single year. We we talk about this LA, LA team having a bad luck with injuries. This time they've made their own luck and Mike Williams, you're hearing that he should be ready for the Jaguars matchup in the playoffs, um, which which uh, kind of saves face for the head coach. But yeah, this wasn't a good look. And he injured himself in that game because he played him, like back spasms, right? But 
like Tampa Bay are a team that needed to get confidence going in because they had a good game the previous week and that you you wanted to see their offense play well again, which they didn't do with their starters. So they're probably trying to do it for a spark for that playoffs. Whereas Chargers, they they look good. They didn't need to do that same risk. Have they looked? Well, the Chargers have looked good. They're not they're not gonna they've not looked so, as putrid as the Bucks have looked at times. So for me though, coming into this coming into this like last week. I, like Chargers being locked into the fifth spot was the most surprising thing for me in this in this whole season because they have not looked like a team that deserve the fifth pick, like the fifth seed, sorry, in the AFC. I I, I feel there's been much better teams than them consistently throughout the seat throughout the season, but somehow this Chargers team they finished with is it ten well, wins? But you've got to look at the other teams have lost their quarterbacks below them, the Ravens and the Dolphins. Yeah, that's but, that's probably but, a big reason why. But. but still, I just don't feel like this Chargers team has been that consistent throughout the whole year. Injuries, yeah, have but, played a part but they've had those. Yeah, they're a team that have been re- heavily reliant on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to have good games. When they're not there, we've seen what happens. And they, I think Brandon Staley said his the main reason for playing is because he had 40, 48 guys, and it's tough to decide who to drop and who not to play. That's, uh, that doesn't fly with that's, me. That's stupid. Yeah, that is insane. Um, one of the reasons, though, I think uh, the Chargers have this um, this record is because they were fortunate to be playing the AFC South this year, where they had uh, <laughs> some easy matchups. That's not that's not fair and shade. That's, but... That is fair and shade. That's fair and shade. Let's be honest, it's true. Well, let's talk about the crap AFC South. Sorry, crap's probably a hard word, and I should probably cut it out, but I won't. Because I'm gonna get ourselves. No, you, no, you out. will. You will cut it out because <laughs> we will. We, um, you have to. Let's talk about the putrid AFC South. Not as bad as the NFC South, uh, uh, like uh, in my opinion. Or maybe they are. I don't know. But I don't think so. Titans and Jags. Oh, of course, you don't think so. I don't T- think so. Titans and Jags played each other though, in probably for me one of the worst matches of the whole weekend. It was horrendous. Like when when you saw the record, you were like. Uh, you saw the match, and then you saw see the record after, it and you're like, "How did the Jags win?" <laughs> I, I I don't know, and like this, this is I I commented like to you guys after the game. I don't know what's going on. With, like the Jags have had a nice year, and like they've done well under Doug Pedersen, and it just showed how bad Urban Meyer was as a hire for them. So like having a guy like Pedersen there has been really good for them. But the way that the offense played against Titans, and Titans don't like. Don't discount the Titans because their defense is okay. Like they're a decent defense, but their no, their run defense is absolutely freakish. And all season long, only one team's able to run on them, and, and that's the Giants. No other team has run on the Titans. But, but Jacksonville, what had what nineteen total yards rushing or something? Which like they struggled running the ball massively. Str- not only running the ball, they struggled in all phases. Don't just think it's just they can't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball either. Lawrence yeah, in the fourth good. quarter, yeah, they couldn't throw it. But well, earlier right. on, I thought they were doing well until they got into the gimmick. I don't know what game you were watching. I was watching the game live. That's what I was doing. Well, for your rose-tinted yeah, glasses. I think, in the, I think in it was in the morning. at that point. For uh, your rose-tinted glasses is what you were doing. Well, because 20, of 32, was... 20 of 32 was the stats of the quarterback, and a lot of that was bad fourth quarter, where I think the Jags actually won the game with minus one total yards. Yes, uh, and and let, let's talk about how they won it. That fumble was not a fumble to me. I saw it. Uh, they, uh, for me, that was a 
that was a forward pass. That was it's an a forward, it's a forward, it's a forward pass. Uh, I, I was most this. people disagree with you here. Sham, Sham, wow. you, can, you can have your moment in a second. Yes, and that's what I'm surprised about. Like, I didn't hear a lot of people saying that this should have been a forward pass. And I was watching it. I'm like, how is no one debating this? Like, this for me it was Stonewall forward pass. And and the Jags got a touchdown for, uh, after the fumble was ruled. I know, Sam, I you, thought, you agree with me. I th- I, I think the yeah. contact happened whilst he's moving his arm back. Nah. It was a forward pass. It was a forward pass. It said no one, and the, neither did the Rams. Well, yeah, let, let's, let's not say that the NFL and the, and the officials are like the gospel of the officiating. It's true. There's been so many bad I calls. think I, I, I think whatever the play got called on the field would have stood in that incident. Yeah, I agree. But I thought Josh he's Dobbs added pretty... I thought Josh Dobbs looked good. That game for the Titans, he looked good. In the end, he just it was one or two plays here and there in that game, and that was it. You really watched that game of rose tinted glasses because Dobbs looked okay, but the the yeah. ti- like in the Titans' offense that is defunct. Yeah, of course he looked okay because the whole offense is putrid. The whole offense is. I thought they tried it. Maybe they're... I thought they tried to run too much in first down. It was just too obvious. That's because they have no other options. attempts. They have no other options. That's why they've run first down. Their receiver core isn't very good. They they need to work on that in the off season. Like the Titans need to go to this off season working on their wide receiver core, working on um what they're gonna do at quarterback, to be honest, because are they gonna mm. keep Tannehill or are they gonna play Malik Willis? Like, you know. Well, well the question is at. what would if you were the Titans, what would you do? Well, I if I'm the Titans, I'll be questioning why I started Josh Dobbs. Is is Malik Willis that bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's a guy who was a third rounder and we needed we needed development. But if yeah, Josh Dobbs is playing better, you need to maybe do some soul search. They, do you, they lost seven if Tannehill's back. If Tannehill's back, what do you do? Do you keep going with Tannehill and build around him, or do, is it time to go and full out full on rebuild? Tannehill's in the future. It's not it's not a full on rebuild for me because they still have enough pieces there. Like Derek Henry is still an elite rusher in the in the NFL. What you just need though is you need an AJ Brown type or you need an, a receiver who can help like just take advantage of Derek Henry. The thing is they don't have a receiver on that roster right now who can take advantage of the play action passes because they're they're they need someone with speed. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't really have speed on the outside. Right? Traylon Bucks uh looks good. Uh, I want to give him year two, but the Titans need to bring this offense in the, into the 21st century because uh, Derrick Henry is, is what, 29 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, he just turned 29. I, I don't want to throw running backs off the cliff before they've actually got there. But this. But you're going you, to. You're but you need, you need to look long term. Like, how are you going to build yeah. this? Build this thing? Like, Vrabel's a really good coach, but I don't know how sustainable this is. Well, and the, really, the Titans just don't have plan B ever. In games, that's the problem, right? They just this season they had no plan B. Like you've got to threaten those teams with passes because most teams, if they if they know what they're doing, will try and load the box with Derrick Henry. So, especially so when on, it gets going. So moving on from a defunct offense to a really exciting offense and a, and a game that actually was probably one of the more exciting games of the week. Um, Tampa, uh, sorry, not Tampa Bay, Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions. What a slobber knocker. Like, what? That was a good game. The scoreline probably doesn't represent how good a game that was for me, but I thought that was a really good performance by them. But the Are Lions, you now looking with your rose tinted glasses? Probably. But the, the Lions' offense for me looked 
decent in in spurts. Like, don't get me wrong, but the but the the Green Bay defense is actually a pretty good defense. There, only, so you are only... with the roasting team. <laughs> well, for me, no, there was only... Aaron, well, I thought the main thing was as Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie. Well, that's, that's what I was coming on to, but I wanted to talk about the Detroit offense first. But yeah, after the game, Jameson Williams, Williams asked to switch jerseys with him, and he was like, "No, no, I won't do that. I, I'm going to keep this one." And, and, means... and then he, he shared a moment with Randall Cobb down yeah, the tunnel walking... for the cameras. Walking, I mean, walking this game, hand in hand. Let's not forget, this game was, with the Seahawks result, Detroit couldn't get them in the playoffs. They could play spoiler to the Packers. That's what was the headline going into this game. Um, and the, the main thing coming out of this game was, OK, Dan Campbell was able to get his men motivated. Detroit had all that juice just to stop the Packers making the playoffs. Uh, unironically. And that shows something. Unironically, uh, genuinely, one word I came to mind when I saw this Detroit Lions performance, and that was that was that was grit. Like <laughs> they had nothing to play for other than uh, dumping a division rival out of the playoffs, and, and hey. they played. They, this team is exciting for next year. Yeah, that that uh, that lateral play from Amara St Brown and Swift in the fourth quarter. Oof. That yeah, was that it's... was juicy. That was juicy. I enjoyed that very much, though. And yeah, I, I was second and long as well, I believe. I think the um I think the offensive coordinator I don't know I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he didn't the, make Ben Cardinals, Johnson did he? Yeah, Ben Johnson. But I, I think he I think he could be in line for some looks at maybe a head coaching job somewhere because yeah at least some interviews I think he should get some interviews this off season. There's traction there because this, this offense, the guy, right? well this Detroit offense has been like a top five offense all season right and and in the back half of last year let's not forget that. And Jared Goff, Jared Goff has done the most to like prove people wrong in a lot of ways, right? What it shows is Jared Goff with a good O line, elite O line. This has been, to be honest with you, yeah. is a capable quarterback. He's a is a is one of those quarterbacks. If you give him a bad O line, not as good. If you give him a good O line, he's great. And it's like it, Matt Ryan, basically. It, it plays with the talent around him, though. Obviously, that Detroit Lions mm. offense is loaded with talented players right now. And I feel that that elevates Goff. And it was the same when he was in um, L.A., to be honest. Like, he played well because the the rest of the Rams' offensive, like, offense was talented. And Sean McVay was calling the plays. Can we say about the Green Bay Packers? Because I think if Aaron Rodgers makes, he needs to make a decision soon. Because it's going to impact Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers is back, Jordan Love should request a trade straight out. He needs to be playing. There will be teams interested in him because yeah. of what his draft pedigree is, what is shown at this preseason. If you're Green Bay, though, you you don't let Jordan Love walk out of the building, even if Rogers comes back. No. Yeah, if, but I don't if, think you, you keep, keep you'll him. be able to keep Jordan Love in the box. I don't know that if if you pay him well enough, why not? Like I don't know if he's still under his rookie deal or is he is he needing an extension? Like yeah. For a... Oh, I so, think he can. He's a free agent after next year. Right. So so. so there's definitely like talks of keeping him for one more year then like you don't have to let him out of the building yeah but the player like, can that point request trades be you know do, do player power exists when of, you course have to it, of course it does but then he's still I don't know I, I would still want to be in a situation where I'm in Green Bay because they're still overall a, a decent organisation they've got good pedigree their defence is still not, good not if they you're going to be a backup not yeah, if but, you're going to be a backup 
being a backup to Aaron Rodgers still has its benefits. You're still learning. You're still what? because if yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to play the next three years, what are you going to do then? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not playing the next three years. I agree, but well, if you're in love situation, if you're in love situation, you can't bank on Rodgers retiring anytime but, soon. But then, like... but then, but then, at the end of next season, when you've done your last year under your contract, there, then you move on in free agency. No, because you won't get the big deal. He needs to play this year to catch nah. him next year. Because he won't I, get a big contract. I reckon he'll get a deal. I reckon people yeah, but, people would be interested in him. What 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 type of contract? How much per year? I I reckon twenty mil mark. Twenty 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 five. Yeah, but it's not that. That's low. That's probably bottom of the starting. No, no, you're you're getting contracts missed. I up. I, I couldn't blame Jordan Love for wanting a trade, but at the same time, I think he will look at Dobbs Watson there two young receivers who they've drafted and maybe if Rogers is only there for one more year, he can he can be a starter in a in a team he already knows. Should we talk about Lobby Smith getting fired? Oh God. What a way the, to go out. I mean, what a way <laughs> to go out. That two pointer. He will remain a Chicago Bears legend for life because A, he was a great coach for them. And now he also gets him the number one overall pick. Was it fourth and twenty? Uh that play that helped yeah, right. the Hail Mary, basically. The, the the touchdown, yeah. It was like fourth and twenty. Um and it like fell into the hands of the tight end Jordan Akins, didn't it? And through the, the hands touchdown. of the, the Colts uh, safety. But but like, you know, he definitely knew, right? He definitely knew like that was his last game coaching the, the Texans, right? He knew before that game started, because there's no way there's no way he would have gone in that game thinking, right. I'm gonna either get the first overall pick next year or the second. If I if I lose this, I get the first pick. Like surely he's going into that game thinking, you know, that's fine. But when as soon as you knew, nah, they're getting rid of you anyway. You're like, nah, screw them then. Let's <laughs> let's go out with a bang. Yeah, both Davis Mills and uh, Lovey Smith probably not gonna have a, a job at Houston next year. And the, what a way to go out. Who and, did uh, uh, my, sorry, I mean my my thing is. Nick Carcerio and Cal McNair, the leadership of the Houston Texans have been awful last few years. There's, there are legitimate questions being asked about. They've essentially hired two uh, black coaches who've been given one-year deals and not um, put in positions to succeed. Um, and they've had issues previously about you know racism and workplace behaviour in that organization and you do wonder what what is a long-term plan here because josh Mc, uh, sorry josh mccown has been in play there for two years in a row uh, now they've that, got the resources that's horrible for me though that's a horrible like that's a horrible pickup if they if they went out and picked up josh mccown there's so many like coaches now and there's so many um there's just so many coordinators and stuff that's in the nfl currently or like guys that have had experience like josh mccown's What's he? Did he coach like at the Eagles, like for a little bit or something? No, like, I don't know. No, nothing. No coaching experience. Then why would you get going? No, like a Jeff Saturday essentially, but he hasn't really done much for the Colts, has he? So like, why would you get a guy in with no experience where there are guys? Because there's a good yes man for the GM and the ownership. That's the only reason I can see why you would want that. But then as, as, a fan, my... as a fan base, surely you get to a point where you're like, well, this this isn't really acceptable anymore because the Texans have been a joke for for a couple of years now. Um, obviously, it. yeah, but like the Deshaun Watson drama probably hasn't helped matters there. But before that, they were having issues and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they traded JJ Watt before that, right? Yeah, for, for peanuts. And DeAndre Hopkins. 
and that was when the Jack Easterby stuff. But also, what is this GM doing? Like, surely he's been the worst GM in the league for two years now. What is uh, Nick Casario's goal? Steve Kahn might have it, words to say. Well, no, <laughs> well, I still think this is a worst GM. Well, it, it might not matter because they've got the second overall pick still. And a quarterback can make any, even some of the worst head coaches and GMs look look good. Nah. Yeah, but who, which reputable coach is going to work for this GM? I don't think a reputable coach wants anything Lovey to do, Smith. To do Lovey that Smith Houston situation. No, he, I, I disagree. No, he wasn't. He was not a full-out head I disagree, coach. Right? I disagree Neither was David Cully. There's, there's 32 NFL head coaching jobs. People are going to want the job, no matter what. No matter who the GM is, right? People are still going to want the job because there's only 32 of these jobs available. So, but so, their previous two head coaches... In Joe, uh, David Cully, right, and um, Lovey Smith, we're not going to be head coaches anywhere else. But certain coaches can buy their time. But like Simon says, with 32 head coaching gigs, if there's a fringe candidate who feels like he he's on the outside looking in, they won't hesitate to take it. No, there's there's enough guys out there who who not hesitate to take the job. Like it uh, it just comes. This is the worst comes, job though. Yes, out of the 32, this is the worst job to take. I, I don't think so. I think there's one that could be worse than it, uh, and that's the Rams. Go on, then. If, Same if it. Sean, well, if Sean McVay leaves the Rams, the Rams is the worst job. I agree. I disagree. I disagree. you still got oh. Matt Stafford. Actually, no. I, I, if, I think I agree that Houston is the worst, partly because of the front office. Like Sean Payton said, you need front, a front office. If, if Sean and Payton, an ownership. If Sean Payton... Uh, sorry, if uh, Sean McVay goes in LA, Matt Stafford retires, Aaron Donald retires, you you don't have any draft picks to to try and recoup and, your and Cooper Cup demand trades. Yeah, they'll go. Yeah, and that's and great draft picks for you. Back yeah, there. yeah, that and they that's and why you're the, over the cap. You're, you're three million projected to be over the cap. Yeah, so you've got but, no cap. No, picks. but then you trade some of those big name players. Alan Robinson's contract. Who wants Alan Robinson nowadays? Have you seen him play this year? Who wants Alan Robinson? That'd be ridiculous. Go on, Chandler, what were you going to say? Uh, be, well, with the Rams, because you can trade all these pieces, because you'll be on a full-on rebuild, mm. um, it, the coaching job isn't that bad. Yes, you've got, a, you've got a chance that maybe you're one and done, two and done, because as soon as you have the what first overall pick, it's so easy to get fired, um, but they can rebuild. With the, with the Texans, I feel like that, that whoever the, whoever's the head coach is, uh, it's a ticking time bomb job because that front office is is in is in disarray. Uh, no, and, and I do agree with that. Like the front office is is part of the problem. I just I just don't know. I I I wouldn't want to touch that Rams job. Like, do we think this is that like, Sean McVay is gone? Do you think this he is going to retire this year? No, or, like, not not, not, re- not retire. But like, do you think he'll step out? Like, do what do a Sean Payton? No, step out for a year. No, I reckon he'll come back. You I think he owes back? that to that franchise. Yeah. And I think Does he'll he? take it personally. I think he's took it personally that he's done a bad job this year. Does he I own think he, that franchise? That's a bad I joke. think I think I think he will feel that he owes the franchise another year. He he got the franchise the Super Bowl. He doesn't own yeah, them anything. He, he doesn't want to leave on a bad note. I, I don't think he's he will such be. a competitor. I don't I think, think it'll be I, I don't he's think in, it's a bad he, note. He's in that tier with Sean Payton, uh, with Andy Reid. These types of coaches, where it doesn't matter how they leave, they've 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 been there, uh, made their made their name, got the ring, 
Um, and whatever he does now is just gravy. Yeah, but Sean Payne, uh, sorry, Sean Payne, yeah, wants to coach elsewhere. Sean McVay probably just wants a TV career. It's not to coach elsewhere. So in my opinion, he wants to leave on a higher note than this year, where it's by far his worst year as head coach. It, it is probably his worst year as a head coach, to be fair. But I, I feel like a lot of that has been the team isn't as good. Like there's been there's been poor management of team building. But then he's partly responsible for that. With all these, it's a top-heavy trade... roster. It's not a top-heavy roster. But but then they're not taking care of the whole roster is the problem. Like they've not taken care of the offensive line at all. And as we've always said, as I always bang on about, you've got to have Trent Warriors to win this league. You can't have a poor offensive line and win the league. But LA is a team being based in LA. A lot of free agents want to go there. It's a destination. Andrew Whitworth, like, was an example. They can just get a vet who, like a Dwayne Brown, potentially. But then, but then, but then it's it's managing your cat space with that as well. You can't just keep getting vets in. They won't just signing take bonus, in one year deal, one year signing bonus, boom, sorted. I don't think it's as simple as that. I feel like you, as a Saints fan, should know this. <laughs> no, I I know how the Saints like mismanaged their their money. That's why we're over the cap by forty three million next year, and by the next the year after that, we'll be over the cap by like forty million, and the year after that, we'll be over the cap by forty million. Like, trust me, I'm fully aware as a Saints fan how it goes. So let's talk about the failures of my team, who they obviously lost against Carolina. But Steve Wilkes done a decent job as the head coach there, right? They've done a really good job going 6-6 six and six with Sam Darnold as a QB. Yeah, well, it, it's a bad division, to be honest, though. <laughs> I think you could, you could quite easily uh, see how they've managed to do that. Well, if you can see that, then the Saints should have been a better team with the amount of talent they have on that team on offense. But wow. yeah, Steve Wilkes is interviewing for their full-time job tomorrow, Tuesday. Do you think um, he gets it? Do you think they, they no. hire him? No? no. I, I think they get um, Harbour. Oh, really? If if he leaves Michigan. Really? Did they not do the, the college football route, the college football head coach route, and then fail with Matt Rule? Do you really think they're going to... Well, the... Harbour is the only one out of all those college coaching hires in the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years that's been successful. Yeah, but, like, successful... Like, he was good at 49ers, for sure, but I don't know, like... For he me, was really good. He was okay. Yeah, Super Bowl. Fine. Well, I mean, he lost. Super Bowls. He lost. Yeah, but how many Super Bowls... I mean, Sean Payton's good. How many Super Bowls did he go to? He won. <laughs> Doesn't matter, he won. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, at that point, it's just the game. Jim like, Harbaugh was underrated. Def- he was really good as a coach for the, that uh, team. And how he led that organisation, I think it's phenomenal. I don't know. I, I feel it's a bad job to go to, though, the Carolina job. Um, I just don't think they've got, aside from maybe like DJ Moore as a wide receiver, but I, like... How good is DJ Moore realistically? That is it. Would we say he's a, a I mean, top ten receiver? Probably not. No, but there's so many top ten, so so many elite receivers who are arguably top ten. Yeah. It's easy to find receivers in this the modern NFL. It's hard to find a competent uh, coach um, and a competent quarterback. But I think in uh, Carolina, you'll have all the resources. Yeah, the uh, ownership has shown that. Yeah, but if you've got a ninth overall pick to get one of these top end quarterbacks, you're gonna to have to trade up. So and they, they will. 
They're happy. Their ownership is happy. They've got enough young stars they could trade away. You've got Brian yeah. Burns. You've got JC Horn. You've got... They've got enough capital. Maybe you even trade DJ Moore away. But I mm. don't even... I think you might... You may not even need to trade up that high because we've got three quarterbacks this year who are highly touted. But we see highly touted quarterbacks slide. We saw Fields go, what, 12th overall or something like that. Um, it was only... Uh, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence went early in that draft. There's at least four teams above them that need a quarterback, though, if not five. Like, you, you know, Texans are looking for a new quarterback. The the Colts, potentially the Seahawks, the Raiders, and um, the, the Falcons, potentially, are wanting someone new. And some teams will fill it with a Jimmy G or Tom Brady. Uh, maybe even a Jordan Love, the, and, the, and there's, there's some elite high-end uh, non-quarterback the, prospects. These are the teams that like Jimmy G and, and Tom Brady and stuff are going to. There, come on, come on, Raiders. But I mean, Carolina is a, in a division where anyone can win. If you got a good coach, they can probably see themselves winning the division year in year out because yeah. the other teams have have got question marks as well. I I think Carolina is one of the most attractive jobs. It's not bad. I, I I would I would if I'm a uh, head coach I've got a high on my list. We talked about the ownership at the the Texans. There's been issues with this ownership in Carolina as well. They give you time. They give you a big contract. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. And so. they allow you to make uh pick you. They probably could even allow you to pick your GM here. I, I like patience is the main thing that you want from ownership and a vision. Like, and I think Carolina has that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being a bit biased because it's a divisional rival. I just I just don't like this Carolina look, and I just don't I don't know. I feel like their record prop like really flatters them. I, I don't. Like... I I think they've won what? that game convincingly on some of them. I think they're running the ball phenomenally well, and if they had a quarterback, they would be such a good team because yeah, been... uh, I think Wilkes has done a great job. Uh, and in that division nah. as well, if they can draft a quarterback, they might have the best quarterback in the division next season if Brady leaves. Well, we'll see. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about our last qualified players of the 2023 regular season. Um, I will go first with a legend that is hanging off his cleats, JJ Watt. Last game for the Cardinals, he, he went to the Cardinals to try and get himself a ring, though, didn't he? Like that was his ambition. He said, "Like we'll go here. We'll, you know, we've got a, a good-looking offense. I'll come and Can't help improve this defense." Oh my bit. Yeah. I've got other plans. <laughs> Uh, well, not to climb. King- Kingsbury's as responsible as well as Kyler Murray. But, um, I mean, his stats aren't really what's important about the day. It's just the fact that it was his last day playing in the NFL. For now, he might come back. Who knows? He might in a few years think he'll come back. He had two sacks on the day, I believe. He got standing ovation. And he even said that he can still go. He's just choosing not to. And Red Zone showed... Um, his stats since he entered the league in all these defensive stats. Um, he was top four in basically every stat. Uh, the quarterback hits, I think that's been tracked for the last however many years. I think he owns the top five quarterback hits in NFL history, um, which is saying something. And he's been double teamed a lot in his career as a three-time defensive player of the year. Finished this season with 12 and a half sacks. Like, you said, like he even said, he is playing really well. He's been one of the best players on that Carter team. So, so last question about this: Who would you rather have in their prime? Prime JJ Watt, prime Aaron Donald. Prime Aaron Donald due to his positional. 
I'll say Aaron Donald. I think he's a freak, and I don't think anyone gets close so, to him as a defensive tackle. So for me, it's, it's JJ Watt because a lot of what JJ Watt has done has been from the free technique as well as from the edge. Like he move, he moves around more and he offers you more. And he's not only done that; he, he played offense for a bit. He, he was playing flat end in Houston, having fun. <laughs> and he played I mean, a couple in of some of the worst teams in yeah, imaginable. But I think these two players, Donald and JJ Watt are two of the players of the 21st century on defence, and I don't think anyone can argue any any different. No, no. All right, moving on. Shannon, who's your qualified player of the week? Um, it was close. I wanted to pick, uh, I think Sham's going to pick him, um, but I, I went with, what what's he call himself? Swag Kazagagi. Um, uh, Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders's. um Single season touchdown record. Yes, you can say 70 games all you want. Doesn't change the fact. He's been, had a phenomenal year. Everyone was hyping up DeAndre Swift coming into the year for, for fantasy football. Jamal Williams was like, not not this season, buddy. And he, he's a huge reason why why the Detroit Lions uh, nearly got into the playoffs. Massively. I, I don't think you can overstate how big his influence on that roster has been, especially on offense. I feel as like... As a leader as well. Yeah, he, he's just, he just seems like a great character. As well as a, a decent running back, like he he probably for me, I know he's got 17 touchdowns, but he still wouldn't be in the top like five guys. But he's one of the better running backs in the league for sure. Yeah, and he just had his 1,000 yards rushing as well during that game, I believe. But we said it earlier in the season he was Dan Campbell's favorite back, and you could see it in the hard knocks. Go watch. Because it's because of the grit. It's because of the grit. He's got grit. All right, champ. So yeah, like, like Shan was uh, saying, he nearly picked him. It's got to be Naeem Hines. He had to get a shout-out. Two return touchdowns, kickoff return touchdowns. First play of the game, kicked it off all the way, passed it, touchdown. Um, and Damar Hamlin used to tell him in practice basically every day, free Naeem Hines, hashtag Naeem Hines, whatever. And he got it. Um, so, yeah, that was a great spark for the Bills. Cool. Well, that'll be all for today. We will be back later on in the week to discuss this weekend's wild card action. Um, six games instead of the normal four, so that's quite exciting, although a lot of them are just divisional replays, but I'm, I can get on board with that. Um, until then, though, see ya. Peace. Bye.